Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DOC, the Diggy Diggy motherfucking doc. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy Z, man. What up, y'all? This is E-Shot. This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This your boy DJ Paul K.O.L. from 360 Young Busy Ball. Vice World. This your man Matt Smine, the hell raise up. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you're listening to me on the Murder Master Music Show. I remember covering uh, some of his earlier projects in the Murder Dog. Uh, our guest tonight's won a ton of awards. I mean, just a uh, super dope lyricist representing the upper Midwest. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about the one and only Night Shield. What's up, homie? How you doing, Night Shield? Hey, chilling, man. Thanks for having me on. I definitely appreciate it. Man, it's a huge, huge honor and long overdue. I'm sorry uh, we didn't get to do this sooner. Um, but, yeah, man, um uh, you know, I discovered your music, you know, almost 20 years ago now. Um, remember, we got, uh, we got, I believe, up in the Murder Dog and maybe a couple other spots back in the day. Um, when did you get your start in, in um, hip-hop, man, and what really inspired you? Uh, well, <clears throat> I mean, I've been doing hip-hop probably for, um, I mean, the, the first album that I put out, as like, I, I started out as like a record label. Um, we put out our first album in 2001, so it's like 20, 20 years at this point. We've been doing wow. it sort of like professionally or whatever. Um, I put out my first solo album in 2004, um, but before that, like I used to just like manage artists and help, you know, push people out and was doing like compilations and things like that. Yeah, yeah, because the first thing you put out was The Nation, I believe. Um yeah. Yeah, which featured a lot of dope artists. Uh, uh, break that down, man. What was that uh, compilation about? That was my first. I, that was me, like super green to everything, man. I, all I knew was I wanted to be in the music business, 
And so, and I had a lot of talented friends and I wanted to help them, you know, in, in any way I could. And I mean, I sort of, when I first started out, I wanted to be like the fucking, like the, the puff daddy or the, the guy in the background, you know, that did all the stuff, but, you know, pushed out all his, his friends or whatever, you know, pushed his talented friends out, you know, help them promote and stuff like that. And it sort of evolved over the years, but that's where that project originated from was I just had a lot of friends that I wanted. I felt like, you know, I wanted to push them out there and get them some exposure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now coming from, uh, South Dakota, you know, uh, the hip hop scene, you know, it's different everywhere. What, what's it like up there? Um, it, it like it ebbs and flows, man. Like we have like a pretty decent little scene. Um, <clears throat> they call us like a like Minneapolis, like the smaller version of Minneapolis and things. So there'll be like times like I mean like I've been doing this for a long ass time, like twenty years now. So there have been years where like you know there's like a ton of artists, ton of shows, ton you know just every everybody's out supporting. And, you know, no matter who's performing, you're getting like you know three four hundred people through the door. And then there's other, been other years where, you know, it'll be the same group of artists performing, but then you don't have that same enthusiasm that the city used to have or whatever. Um, but it, it comes and goes, man. We, we we have some pretty dope shows. We we get, like, a lot of acts that are traveling, like touring acts will stop here. Um, you know, they might be going from Minneapolis to, like, Omaha or something like that. So they'll book a date in, in Sioux Falls and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, it, it's pretty dope that you started off, you know, like a promoter, manager type, you know. Um, what actually inspired you to say, you know what, I'm gonna, I want to put out a solo album. Lazy ass artist. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I would get frustrated because I would do, I would rap and do stuff on those projects too, but um, yeah. you know, I would, I would, I would push these albums and I do all the work for everybody. And then no one really seemed to appreciate it or no one was working as hard as I was. And, like, I wasn't even the main person on the record. It was like, this is somebody else's album. And I'm hustling and, you know, doing everything I can. And then they seem like they almost don't even care, you know. And it's just like, well, why am I doing this for these fucking people when I could just do it on my do it on my own? And that's yeah. basically where, you know, <clears throat> where. Yeah. Nice show. You there, brother? I think uh, we, we we lost you. Oh man! Oh wait, there you are. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but you uh, you were saying that pretty much you know uh, it's easier to depend on yourself basically. Yeah, like if 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 my project fails, if uh, you know <clears throat> if it doesn't do what I want it to do, I can only really blame myself. You know what I mean? Because I'm the one that's pushing it all. Whereas like. If um, I felt like I was putting a lot of energy into people that didn't necessarily like appreciate it or were working as hard as I was, you know, to help their career. So um, it's just things like that, and it you know, it just evolved to where when I first started, I wasn't like so heavy in, into rapping, but that the love for that like sort of like developed as I was like seeing uh, all aspects of the business and helping people push their product out. It just inspired me to to go that much harder, really. Yeah. And I feel you, man. I put out a few compilations over the years myself. It's it's rough when you do that. You'll put out something that maybe has 20 or 30 songs, and now in the dig digital age, you, e 
each artist, they'll just share their track. It's like forget yeah. the rest of the project. It's like, come on, man, there's you know twenty other songs on here. But um, I, you got to be glad you went that route because you've achieved a lot of success. Um, you know what I'm saying? Especially from your area, man. You uh, actually won like uh, what would be the Native American Grammys. What, what's it called? The yeah, it's the they, it's it's the Nammies is basically what they call it, like the Native American Nammies. Grammys or whatever. Um, okay, the and I, I won a couple of those, didn't you? Yeah, I've won uh, best hip hop album twice, and then my song. I had a song that actually won like song of the year out of like all genres. Um, wow, that was pretty cool to like get that that award or whatever. Yeah, because you're going up against everybody, not just hip hop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Say something about the the quality of the music and the and the message behind it. Enough people felt it, you know, to be like, "Hey, this is the best song." Um, That's awesome, man. What was it like um, growing up? uh, I believe you grew up on the Rosebud Reservation. What was that like, man? I imagine that had to be pretty rough. Yeah, it was. Well, so I was born on the Rosewood Reservation. My mom is originally from Boston. So I was born on the reservation, and then I moved to Boston until I was, like, 13. Um, So I grew up in Boston, and then we moved back to the reservation when I was in, like, middle school or whatever. And that was a fucking crazy transition, going from Boston to the reservation. And it was just, like, (laughs) eye-opening to see, like, I was like, what the, you know, I, like I had just no concept of it. So it was, it was crazy just to like be in that environment from where I came from. And then, um, you know, I, I adapted to it, like the poverty and the alcoholism and then just everything is just so crazy on the res. Like people don't even realize like still have like, you know, a one bedroom house with 12 people living in it, you know, with a wood stove and it's just fucking wild. Um, and so, that I mean, just seeing that that life and just sort of molded where I came from and, and it made me appreciate what I had and uh, made me, you know, gave me the drive to push further and be like, all right, I definitely want to improve, you know, on this situation or whatever. So I just, it just gave me a work ethic, I think, that was a little bit, you know, I don't know, better than other folks, I suppose. Or, or I just wanted to work harder, I guess. More drive, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Boston, you know, Boston ain't no joke, you know, either. I mean, the, the hustle of the big city, and then to go to, like you said, from there to the reservation, it had it been like you was like a fish out of water at first. Trying oh, to get absolutely, man. Yeah, and to be like, you know, to be the new kid in town with the fucking Boston accent on the fucking res is like fucking <laughs> crazy, you know? To be like, the fuck is this guy coming in here? And then, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. Um, so it was it was like a, a hard transition at first, but you know it, it was cool after a while. We you know met a lot of cool people, and you know it, it just it took a few months to to get on my feet, I suppose. But it was dope. So you discovered hip hop in Boston then? Yeah. Yep. I discovered um, hip hop in Boston, and then like it's weird because like when I moved to the Res. Like they didn't even have fucking cable on the res when I fucking moved there. Oh, so man. like when I first moved to to Boston or to to, to Rosebud, um, they were just getting cable and just getting MTV. 
And that was around the time that, like, Dr. Dre's Chronic album came out. And, like, that shit was, like, all over MTV. And that, it was funny because, like, on the res, like, before they got MTV, everybody was cowboys because all they listened to was country music out there. And, like, it was funny to go from, like, one, you'd get out of school, everybody was cowboys. You'd go back to school, you know, in the fall, and everybody was fucking gangsters now with Boys in the Hood and Dr. Dre and all that shit. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> he was just a fucking cowboy just three months ago. And then, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. But, yeah, <laughs> MTV like, really, like, uh, turned out. Absorbing <laughs> what was, what was uh, um, you know, going on in uh, you know, MTV and whatnot. But the, uh, when did the underground um, music start to... Uh, you know, uh, pick up over there. You know what? I started, me and like a handful of other artists, uh, there was Soul Crate Music, there was The Nobleman, and me. And we were the, like the original, like we created the South Dakota hip-hop scene. Um, and now there's, you know, there's a ton more artists, you know, all over the place and things like that. But when I first started, like, either I was the first or second person to have, like, a, an actual album. And, like, for people to even to grasp the fact that there is somebody in South Dakota that fucking raps, like, no, it was like, like, you, they, they, people didn't even believe it. And then I'm Native American, and, pe- you know, people would be like, why are you acting black? I'm like, I'm not acting black. I'm just fucking, I'm a hip-hop head. You know, hip-hop is all cultures. It is culture, so... Um, yeah, it's a universal language right now. I mean, um, yeah. So, so you basically were met with a little bit of skepticism at first, maybe, and then you had to show and prove, pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it like be, just being an artist was wasn't even a thing. It wasn't even like something that people like thought about because it just had never it hadn't been done before. Um, and so when we came along, we were showing people that yeah, you can do it, and like. It was just, it was just something completely new that people just didn't even have like a concept that like this is something that you could do, at that time. Well, well, that, you know what that makes you, brother, a pioneer of your region, man. Um, yeah. Just like anybody else from any other region. So shout out to you, um, Night Shield. Let's go to a track, man. Uh, then let's come back and chop it up some more. Definitely uh, enjoying this. We got uh, we got a few on board. Uh, you want to hit him with the warning first? Yeah, we could do that. That would be dope. Okay, cool, cool. Break this one down for us, brother. Um, this was like my homeboy Maniac and Supernatural produced this track. Um, this was just like a – it had been a while, actually, when I had recorded this song. Like, it had been a while from uh, my previous album, um, The Addiction, to this song. And it was just me just trying to get back into the flow of things, like back into – like uh, starting, you know, rapping again and stuff. I had I had gone through like a bunch of legal shit. And, like it was just me getting back on my feet as far as far as being an MC goes. And so I was just spitting and you know trying to trying to get back in the groove of things. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. This is Night Shield. This is the warning. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Who are you talking to right now? Who is it you think you see? So let me clue you in. I am not in danger. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot. You think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. I done been around the block. 
I remember this situation or, you know, why this, this song came about and things like that. So I like to look back at past projects and just see where I've been and just see where I've, you know, came from. Um, I'm a single dad now. So like a lot of the stuff that I do now, I, I try not to get like too overtly fucking crazy with it. Cause I'm like, I know like my daughter's listening and I don't want, you know, her to, I don't know, fucking go, go down the wrong path or whatever, but it just make it just opened my eyes a little bit more to like um, what I was doing. Basically, I wanted to have a little bit more uh, mature content, mature as being like grown content. Well, so, salute to you, man! From one father to another, you know, I got a daughter myself. That's a game changer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're running around, you're doing wild shit. Right there, that's gonna stop. You know, for most people. Yeah. You know what I'm um, But yeah, I feel you on that, man. Uh, let me ask you this, you know, South Dakota, you know, we see it a lot in the news, you know, a lot of uh a lot of racism, a lot of hatred towards Native Americans. You know, you got the uh, pipeline, you know, the uh you got Trumpers going crazy. Uh have you experienced uh I mean, you obviously I imagine you have, but in the last 4 years have you experienced more um acts of hatred than normal? Um, it, it's definitely more prevalent. I wouldn't say like I, there'll be people driving around fucking downtown here with like, uh, you know, like the big trucks with the Trump flags and the fuck Biden flags and just shit. Like there'll be like parades of these fucking trucks going around and like, who, like who's organizing this? Like, why? Like, what the fuck are you doing? And like, um, I don't know. There's shit like that, but it never gets like, it, it hasn't escalated to the point where people are getting in. My face, anyway. Um, you know, that would be a or, mistake. Would it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not something that would probably be a good idea. But uh, it's just fucking. It, it's just more ignorance, I feel like, or or people are more excited to show how ignorant they are now than they were maybe yeah. like four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's like almost the, the floodgates of ignorance has opened. And uh, I live in a small area. I come from Chicago, and I moved down to southern Illinois. And where I'm at, it's it's kind of like you coming from Boston. It's, uh, uh, you know, I brought underground rap here. You know, they all they were doing was listening to MTV stuff, like you're saying. Um, yeah. But their minds are, are, are closed, you know. You almost have to show them the way, you know. Otherwise, they're just stuck in that, that pattern of ignorance and, uh it's just ridiculous. That's why I love hip hop, brother, because it brings people together from everywhere. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a global, um, you know, what I'm saying bridge of communication. Speaking of global, I'm going to bring out my brother Sin from France. I know he's got a couple questions for you. Uh, nice. Sin, are you there, brother? Yes, yes. Uh, hi, Scott. Hi, uh, Nightshade. Um. <clears throat> Can you tell us about the the song Broken Dreams uh, from your album Love and Hazard? Yeah, yeah, that that's the song that won like single of the year at the Nammy's. Uh, I think that was like two thousand six or seven or something like that. Wow, yeah, that's the one that uh, really uh, is that the one that uh, won in all genres. Yeah, yeah, like. Prior to that, that's like my third solo album, Loved and Hated. And prior to that, like a lot of people, like everywhere I would go, people would be asking me, like, how come you don't mix, like, 
you know, your your culture into your music or whatever? How come you don't blend, like, the native sound into hip-hop? And I just really had no answer for it, and I just didn't really know what to do. And then so that song came along. Um, the girl that sings on that song, her name is Jackie Bird. She's, like, a South Dakota legend. Like, anybody that, like, knows South Dakota music knows Jackie Bird. She's, you know, well-known. And how that song came about is crazy because, like, this is, like, back in, like, you know, the MySpace days and shit like that. Like, I knew who Jackie Bird was, but I didn't know. Like, we weren't friends or anything like that. And um, one day she hits me up out of the blue and is like, I had a vision that I was supposed to work with you. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, all right. And then uh, so we go, we meet up, like, a, a week or two later. We go to dinner. And then after dinner we go back to my house and I play in their songs. And I have that that broken dreams. All those verses and everything were written. It was to a different beat. And I played her that, and she starts singing. Like, we're just chilling. She's, she's singing in the chorus, where the chorus would be. And I'm like, damn, this is fucking dope. So, like, um, like I think this is the one. I think this is what we should do. And then she agreed. And then um, I had my boy D. Sane, uh, Street Level Records. He, he remixed it. Um, we went and re-recorded it, and I brought Jackie into the studio, and that song just, like, took off. Like, you know, once it was released, everybody was loving that song. Oh, yeah. Okay, right, right. Um, you dropped uh, The Night Entertainment, The Nation compilation in 2001, and uh, you got in uh, Two Eight the Native, Triple Crown, uh, sinister Sinatra and so on. Can you tell us about the compilation? Yeah, the compilation was more of just like, so just people that I knew that were talented. Triple Crown was, when I originally started, I was in a group called Triple Crown. It was myself, Overflow, and Sinister Sinatra. And Overflow and Sinatra were sort of like my mentors. They had been doing music for a long time. And they were, they sort of like got me into the game. Like they, a lot of what I, no came from Sinatra in particular and overflow. We were just like friends. Like, um, and we were called, we called triple crown because we all met. I went to college in Seattle for uh, audio production and music business and Sinatra and overflow were also artists in uh, those fields or whatever. And so we just sort of clicked there. And then after school, I went back to Rosebud Sinatra stayed in Seattle and Overflow moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. So we were, like, all over the fucking map. So we were, like, we were the leaders in these prospective fields or, or, you know, regions. So we just called ourselves Triple Crown, and that's sort of where that came from and where that group formed. It was just we all went to school together and then split up, you know, after school and fucking, you know, just started started doing shit on our own in our own regions. Yeah. And, um... Can you tell us about the, the first uh, South Dakota rappers you grew up on back in the day? Rappers, I, I'm a diehard Bone Thugs and Harmony fan. I love Bone Thugs, Crazy Bone in particular. Um, I'm a big Snoop Dogg fan, E-40, um, Ice Cube, Scarface. Okay, that's probably my top five is those five artists. Um, I'm a big into, like, West Coast stuff. I, I listened to East Coast, but not, I'm not, I was never, like, engulfed in it as I was, like, the West Coast stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, me too. But yeah, I think those that, that'd be my top five, and where you know I I I gained uh, where I gained the love for hip hop was through those artists. Yeah, and in South Dakota, uh, who was the first rappers who put on the map South Dakota? It was maybe you, but before you, there were somebody. Yeah, was there anybody before found... you? There was, like yeah. I said, when I first started. There was another group called the Noblemen. They were starting up around the same time as me. And then there's another group called Soul Crate. Um, and we were all sort of like coming up at the same time. Like, I think um, the Noblemen might have put the first album out. Maybe. I can't, I don't remember how it went. Because it, uh, it all happened probably within like a six month period where. There's the Nobleman, Soul Crate, and NSC, and I show entertainment. Um, and then we all, you know, we start doing the first, like, local shows, and that's where, like, people start coming through. And um, so I, I don't know who the first was. Um, since I didn't, like, I didn't come out with the intention of being, like, an artist originally um, or the main artist, it was probably one of those two. It was either the Nobleman or, or Soul Crate um, as being, like, the first Acts here in South Dakota, I suppose. I, I think few magazines in hip hop talk about South Dakota. Only Murder Dog has a J. Maybe uh, parts of the map South Dakota. I think, I think it's called Your Right with Me. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I did. I, I'm pretty sure I reviewed. Yeah, we did an interview <laughs> up in there. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It was an honor to showcase. Um, that talent from that region because at Murder Dog, we were always yeah. looking for uh, new places, you know what I'm saying, with talent. And uh, okay. South Dakota is full of talent. We should have actually done like a special report over there, to be honest with you. That's in so. Mm-hmm. At the time. Yeah. 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 You, you got also uh, a picture with Marilyn Manson. Uh, it was very right hip hop to, to have this type of featuring. Can you tell us about this one and. Uh, how it was to meet him or work with him? The Killing Strangers song? Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, that, that's a sample. Like, that album, that Marilyn Manson album, um, was one of my favorite albums. And it, it just, that song just stuck with me. And I was like, I always wanted to do something with this, um, with this particular song. And so I, I had... Um, I brought it to the studio one time and I showed it to like my engineers and stuff like that. And like, what can we do with this? I want to, I want to remix this. And so he took it and like sped it up a little bit, played some new guitar and laid some new drum tracks on it and stuff. And, and that's sort of where it came from. We just spliced it up into, you know, where it would fit. But that, that song is probably one of my favorite songs that I've ever done. I think it's fucking so hard and dope. I, I love that song. Okay, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we got uh, we got some more dope songs right now. Let's give them another one here. Um, this off the album Savior. We actually got uh, well, we got the the title track, but um, I also got the street uh, and ask. Um, which one would you want to go with, uh, Night Shield? The which which ones were they? Uh, the street. Um, and then uh, I got Savior. And it's actually I this... it's actually a 
it's Survivor. Like um, Survivor for, for us. My bad. Yeah, like it's um, it's just spelt wrong. Everybody always calls it Savior, but fucking like S A V, like Savage. Uh, oh, okay. You know, S A V Survivor. Um, so it's it's just fucking yeah. Our our little like moniker or fucking whatever you want to call it is uh savage savage lifestyle. That's like our fucking brand or whatever you want to call it. So the S A V Sav Life or you know that that's where that came from. It's just spelled fucking stupid. So, but uh, oh, no doubt, yeah, brother. Uh, that's a dope track right there. Well, everything you sent me is dope. Um, but you want to go with that one? Uh, yeah, that that one would that one would be dope because that that blends a lot of like Native American music into that fucking song too. So I think that'd be a good one to play. Okay, we're here with Night Shield. Don't go nowhere. This is Survivor Murder Master Music Show. We'll be right back. Go 
back right here, Murder Master Music Show. We got Night Shield. That was Survivor. Um, that was the title track off that album. And it, it, now I know it's on uh, all digital platforms, but is, but is there physical copies available? Yeah, yeah, yep. There is physical copies available. Um, so yeah, you can get it. You know, any anywhere. Uh, you know, anywhere you can find music, it's available everywhere on all digital platforms. Yeah, hell yeah. That sounds real deep, man. Um, you put a lot of your personal life into the music. Does that, um, you know what I'm saying, you ever get, like, fans say, hey, man, that song resonated with me and helped me get through this and that? Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a, it's a, for me, like, music is sort of like my therapy, man. Like, cause, like I can, like, stress out over shit, and then once I, like, put it into a song and, like, put it out there, it's like off my shoulder. It's not, you know, whereas a lot of people don't have like that outlet where, to, you know, to release their emotions or feelings or whatever. For me, it's it's definitely music. And if I'm going through something, you know, I'll make a song about it and it just takes, it, I feel like it just takes the pressure off of me or whatever I might be stressing about at the time. Um, it just helps, you know, cope, you know, if if that makes sense or whatever, you know. Great therapy, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now you got something uh, you're working on, uh, you know, for 2022, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm working on my eighth album. Um, it's called it's called Wias and Mazaska, which in Lakota, that's women. Wias is women, and uh, Mazaska is money. So it's like Wias and Mazaska is the title of the album. So it's like women and money and. Uh, you know, but it, it's just like it's just um, it's more more of like my life, fucking you know shit. But yeah, I'm working on that. That'll be February twenty fifth, two thousand twenty two is the release date for that album. Oh yeah, that's coming up pretty soon. I'll be here before we know it. Uh, hopefully, this COVID shit will be out of here to where you could uh, you know do some shows. Are you gonna uh, hit the road if you're able to? Yeah, definitely, definitely. If I'm able to, like. Shows have been, like, few and far between the past, like, couple of years here. Like, uh, used to, like, being on the road a lot, like, performing all over the region here. But we've been sort of just stuck. Like, um, I actually have a show in Pine Ridge next weekend. And then I got a show with Twista here in Sioux Falls uh, in, like, a month, like, three, four weeks here. Oh, that's dope. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Twista, he's one of the coldest um <clears throat> What's it like to open up for somebody that's, you know, um, done things like Twista? I'm sure you open up for a lot of people. Yeah, it's always an honor, man. Like, whenever people come through here and they give me the opportunity to, to rock with them, man, it, it's fucking, it's dope just to be like, like I, I've, I've opened for like Bone Thug, Wu-Tang, um, like all the legends that come through and it's just, it's just dope to feel like, you know, to be a part of that movement, for, even if it's just for the night or whatever the fuck, it's 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 an honor to be a part of those type of shows. Yeah. Oh yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, well, I'll tell you what. It's it's been a huge honor chopping it up with you. When you drop uh, in February, you know, please come back on again. We'll chop it up. You know, preview a few tracks off the new album. Um, you know what I'm saying? And uh, you know. 
I really appreciate you. But before I before we go, I want to give you the platform so you can let everybody know where they need to go to uh, you know keep up with you and get your merch. Oh, dope! Appreciate it, man. Um, follow me on on Facebook um, at Night Shizzle, N I G H T S H I Z Z L E. That's also my YouTube handle. We're actually shooting a new music video tomorrow uh, for my first single from the upcoming album. It's called How We Living. It's featuring a crime spree, maniac, supernatural, and a Brandis Knudsen. Um, but that that will be out. Uh, the single and the video will be out October twenty second. Um, so that, look out for that. And then, yeah, everything is either at Night Shield or at Night Shizzle uh, as far as social media, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, Twitter, all that. I don't really fuck with Twitter at all, but um, I still have a you know an account there, but I, I don't really use it at all, but. Uh, I yeah, can't hit keep me up. up with all the platforms. <laughs> I can't, you know. Me neither, man. Everybody keeps saying to get on TikTok. I'm like, I'm fucking, I can't do that shit. I have too much shit. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I just got used to Instagram, and then, you know, I don't need nothing else right now. But, but yeah, man, hell yeah, everybody, please follow uh, Night Shield and uh, support his uh, music. Before we get out of here, um, you know what I'm saying, I got another song. I got Ask Him, or I got... Um, Let's see the streets. Which one uh, would you want to roll with? Well, fuck it. We'll play oh. them both. <laughs> yeah, that'd be dope. We'll give them a double <laughs> dose. Um, Hell yeah. If you can, kind of tell them about these tracks. Ask them is, uh, like, ask them who I am, and they'll tell you I'm a savage. It's sort of just like my fucking, I feel like when people don't know who I am or fucking, it's just, it's just some bravado shit, but then, like, uh, the third verse is like I said. I got into a bunch of legal trouble, which is where this the Survivor album came from. It's like I got into a bunch of shit, and um, you know, my my PO wasn't even letting me do fucking music and all this stuff. And I got through all that. The third verse in, in Ask Him is it's sort of like a fuck you to my PO and all that shit. Um, but that's sort of where that song came from. Um, but yeah, that that's probably my favorite song actually on. Out of those two or whatever. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah, man! Well, we're gonna uh, get into it right now, and uh, well, shit! I hope everything's good with your legal trouble. Uh, did you have to do any time? No, I fucking I oh I got out of it like fucking, but it was they were putting me through the fucking ringer for like two years, man. They they wouldn't let me do shit. They'd throw me in jail over any little fucking you know thing that they they would tell me I could I could do a show. I would do the show, and then they would throw me in jail for the same thing that they fucking told me I, you know, um, you know, told me that I could do. I'm like, I did it because you fucking told me I could do it, and then they still throw me in jail. Like it was, yeah, uh, it was a bunch rashy. of bullshit. It, like, yeah, it was ridiculous. Cause, yeah, it, I'm glad it's over. I'm off paper. Everything's good now. But yeah, there was a couple years where it was just fucking all bad, and that's where a lot of the the, the material from Survivor came from. Was for, was from that time frame well i'm glad to see uh things are getting better you know what i'm saying you and yours stay safe and we'll be in touch real soon this was uh episode 845 with night shield please support his music you better ask him read it run from it destiny arrives all the same and now it's here or should i say It's a beautiful
beautiful day in the 605 South Stack, nice shizzle Yeah, I started this path like shit Now look what y'all made me do <laughs> Ask them who I am and they'll tell you I'm a savage Legend in my land, you gon' never touch my sad Seen him rise, seen him fall, still coming with that raw Middle fingers up, screaming I don't give a fuck at all with that 
it's your right. Yet to fail all the same. I hope they remember. I hope they remember. I hope they remember. Where's the end game?
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.